Just want to say a word of thanks for all the decorations. It really looks great in here. Uh, great way to, to celebrate Easter. Uh, we're going to be in 2 Samuel 3 and verse 17. 2 Samuel 3 and verse 17. In the book of Acts, uh, the scripture tells us that Philip was sent by God to a specific place at a specific time for a specific purpose. God sent him, and, and he said, I want you, Philip, to go over and stand by this chariot. So he obeys, and he goes over, and he stands by the chariot, and he hears the man reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. And uh, he asked the man, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, well, who's he talking about, himself or somebody else? And he was able to take from that very scripture... And tell him the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. And the man was saved right then and there. And God even provided the water for him to be baptized. He says, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? He says, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you may. And uh, so he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. And tradition tells us he went and uh, started a church in Ethiopia that exists to this day. And so, uh, what a wonderful work that God did, sending somebody at the right time to the right place with a specific purpose. I believe that God is sovereign. God is in control, and He is in charge of the circumstances of our lives. And we need to recognize that and put our trust in Him uh, in those different circumstances that we go through. David had been through a long haul in our scripture today. Uh, he, he had been running from Saul. Now Saul has died. Ishbosheth has been appointed king by the northern ten tribes. And David has been appointed king over Hebron. But uh, David is not trying to gain the whole kingdom. But God is working behind the scenes because he wants the kingdom to go to David. And so God is going to use the opposing general. God is going to use the accusations of Ishbosheth. Uh, God is going to use the work of Joab in uh, getting spoils of battle. And God is even going to use David's own character as all part of the process to bring David to the fulfillment of God's purpose for his life. Did you know that God can even use your enemies? God can even use your failures to bring about his purpose. There's a verse in Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. I want you to know something. God has a plan for your life. If you're a child of Jesus Christ, he's got a plan for you. And he will fulfill his plan for your life as you cooperate with him. And uh, what an encouragement that is. The title of my message is Trusting in the Sovereignty of God. We need to trust in him and the circumstances of our lives that he's in control. Look with me at 2 Samuel 3, verse 17. Abner conferred with the elders of Israel. In the past you wanted David to be king over you. Now take action. Because the Lord has spoken concerning David. Though uh, Through my servant David I will save my people Israel from the power of the Philistines and the power over all Israel's enemies. Abner also informed the Benjamites and went to Hebron to inform David about all that was agreed on by Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. 
When Abner and 20 men came to David at Hebron, David held a banquet for him and his men. Abner said to David, Let me now go, and I will gather all Israel to my lord the king, and they will make a covenant with you, and you will rule over all you desire. So David dismissed Abner, and he went in peace. Just then, David's soldiers and Joab returned from a raid and brought a large amount of plundered goods with them. Abner was not with David in Hebron because David had dismissed him and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all his army arrived, Joab was informed, Abner son of Ner came to see the king. The king dismissed him and he went in peace. Joab went to the king and said, what have you done? Look here, Abner came to him, came to you. Why did you dismiss him? Now he's getting away. You know that Abner son of Ner came to deceive you and to find out about your activities and everything you're doing. Then Joab left David and sent messengers after Abner. They brought him back from the well of Sirah, but David was unaware of it. When Abner returned from Hebron to Hebron, Joab pulled him aside in the middle of the gateway as if to speak to him privately, and there Joab stabbed him in the stomach. So Abner died in revenge for the death of Asahel, Joseph's brother. David heard about it later and said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May it hang over Joab's head and his father's house, and may the house of Joab never be without someone who has a discharge or skin disease, or a man who can only work a spindle, or someone who falls by the sword or stars. Joab and his brother Abishai killed Abner because he had put their brother Asahel to death in the battle at Gibeon. David then ordered Joab and all the people who were with him, tear your clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourn over Abner. And King David walked behind the funeral procession. When they buried Abner in Hebron, the king wept aloud at Abner's tomb. All the people wept, and the king sang a lament for Abner. Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound. Your feet were not placed in bronze shackles. You fell like one who falls victim to criminals. And all the people wept over him even more. Then they came to urge David to eat bread while it was still day. But David took an oath, may God punish me and do so severely if I taste bread or anything else before sunset. All the people took note of this and it pleased them. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. On that day, all the troops in all Israel were convinced that the king had no part in the killing of Abner, son of Ner. Then the king said to his soldiers, you must know that a great leader has fallen in Israel today. As for me, even though I am the anointed king, I have little power today. These men, the sons of Zeruiah, are too fierce for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil. Trusting in the sovereignty of God. This uh, reads something like a, one of those talk shows that you would see on TV. I mean, all these different things that are happening. But in the middle of the chaos that's going on in David's life, God is in charge and God is working his purpose. What does God use in these times and difficult circumstances of our lives? Well, the first thing he uses is his word. His word. Look at what Abner shares with the elders of Israel in verse 18. The Lord has spoken concerning David. Through my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the power of the Philistines and the power of all Israel's enemies. God had spoken. Samuel had come and had anointed David king over Israel uh, years before. 
And now uh, God is bringing David into the realization of this promise and this declaration that God had made over him as a youth when he was anointed by Samuel. Uh, It was understood that the kings of Israel that God would appoint would save Israel from their enemies. That's even what was told to Saul. Um, And so Samuel had told that to Saul. It's implied in David's case, but God had anointed him as king. And so Abner is sharing God's word with the people. And he's using the word of God as a way to accomplish the purposes of God. You know, I'm convinced that we need God's word as God's people. Uh, We need God's word for spiritual growth. We need God's word in the church. And I'm convinced, I know a lot of people, it's fallen out of fashion uh, in culture today to emphasize the word of God. But we were talking about in Sunday school this morning. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and to the Greek. Uh, And I want you to know something. Salvation comes by no other way than by the gospel. The Word of God needs to be preached. The Word of God needs to be shared with lost people because that's the only way people come to faith in Jesus Christ is through the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But God accomplishes His purposes. How does He accomplish His purpose in your life? Through His Word. Well, sometimes He encourages you through His Word, doesn't He? Uh, what a great thing to be comforted by God's word in a time of struggle. Sometimes he builds up your faith through his word. Sometimes he draws you near to him in his presence through his word. There have been times I've been reading the word of God and I've gone through and gone through. And then I get to a verse and it's as though the spirit of God comes down and touches my heart as I read across that scripture. And God says, that's for you, Roger. Uh, this is to help you in your life. And he encourages me through that word. Uh, I'm convinced that God has accomplished his purposes many, many times in my life through his word. Uh, We need to be in God's word. Uh, You need to be in God's word in your personal time with God. Uh, You need to be in God's word in the church and and in Sunday school discussing and and so forth and and sharing your struggles and and applying God's word to those struggles that you're having. Uh, It's such an important thing in your life. One of the most tragic things in Israel's history was declared by a prophet. God said to Israel, uh, because of their ongoing sin for uh, time and time again, ignoring the prophets and so forth, God says, I'm sending you a famine. Not a famine of food or of water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. I can think of nothing more tragic than that. Uh, God has given us his word. Jesus spoke the word of God. He said the scripture cannot be broken. He was constantly quoting the scripture. He quoted it when he was tempted. And he overcame the enemy through quoting the word of God. He he spoke the word of God to teach and disciple those 12 that were with him and others who were gathered around him. He spoke the word of God so that people could be set free from their sin. And, And Jesus' life was marked by the word of God in a profound way. And he himself was the living word. Um, Jesus lived out 
the Word of God. And so uh, the Word of God is so crucial. And so Abner is sharing the Word of God. Listen, I believe we need to share the Word of God and apply the Word of God to every facet of our lives. Apply it to your family life. Um, there, the Bible says that we are uh, to be spiritual in our marriages in the sense that we are to love our wives, husbands, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord and uh, to respect their husbands. And children to obey your parents. Uh, the Bible also says uh, to discipline your children. To not spare. The Bible uh, speaks of, of spanking. Uh, it says don't spare the rod. I guess they used hickory switches back then. But uh, my dad used a belt. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. But the point is that to be faithful in disciplining your children. Because it says you, you will save your, his soul from death. Uh, base your family life on the word of God. Apply the word of God to your family life. Base it. In your work, the Bible says the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. In other words, if you're diligent in your work, you're going to be blessed by it. And you're going to have uh, enjoyment in your life and satisfaction in your life from doing a good job. Uh, we could go on with that. But every facet of life, uh, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Apply the scripture to national life. I, I praise God that I heard our president say this past week, we need wisdom from God. I want you to know something. That's important. We need to apply the word of God in national life. Every facet of life. So how does God accomplish his purposes in your life? One way is through his word. Secondly, God accomplishes purposes not only through his word, but through his messenger. Look at verse 21. Abner said to David, let me now go. And I will gather all Israel to my Lord the King, and they will make a covenant with you, and you will rule over all you desire. You see, Abner had influence. He was a Benjamite, for one thing. And not only was he a Benjamite, he was a prominent Benjamite. He had been the general over Saul's army. And he had been the general over Ishbosheth's army until Ishbosheth falsely accused him. And so now he has come over to David's side and he's saying, look, I'm going to use my influence to bring you into the position that God has for you. And so God puts Abner in David's life. See, David's not seeking to gain this kingdom by force. He's trusting God with it. And now God has brought Abner into his life to help him with the process. Sometimes God will send a messenger on your behalf. I, that's one of the great things about the body of Christ. God will use us to minister to each other. And, and one time, I might minister to you. Another time, you might minister to me. But God sends us to help meet the needs in the lives of other people so that his purposes can be accomplished in each one of our lives. We're a body of believers. And God sent Abner for this specific purpose. I can look back over my life and I think about different people that God, I know God brought into my life to help me fulfill the purposes that God had for me. And of course, I think of my parents and what a great impact that they had in my life. I also think of some fellow pastors who've been friends over the years who have talked to me about the importance of prayer and have talked to me about the Word of God. I remember... 
uh, a certain professor who uh, we had a, a young man who'd been kind of slacking off in his work and uh, and and the professor just sat down and he uh, he got talking real serious with us and he said look he said he said don't don't just give half your energy to this we're talking about the word of God here this is important you give your all or you do something else and he instilled that sense of the importance of the word of God into us and and there's people in your life that have had an influence. You're here today because somebody either shared the gospel with you or invited you to church. Somebody has influenced your life. Aren't you grateful that God sends messengers into our lives? Philip was a messenger to the Ethiopian eunuch. How important was that? God loves to interact uh, with his people through the use of messengers. In the scripture, in the Old Testament, the Bible calls the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ the angel of the Lord. Now, that's not because he was an angelic being, but the word angel means messenger. Uh, There were other messengers, but there's only one, the messenger. Jesus was the messenger, unlike any other messenger. And the Lord sent him to this earth to be the word. Uh, to suffer and die for our sins and to be raised again. And the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I'm going to tell you something. Unless God had sent his messenger, every last one of us would be in hell. God sends his messenger to accomplish his purposes in our life. But not only the purpose of salvation... But Jesus helps us in different facets of our spiritual growth and in every part of our spiritual life. He is our advocate before the Father. He is the one who intercedes and prays for us on our spiritual journey. He is the one who empowers us. I I love that scripture in Colossians says, The glory of this mystery which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in us. That's the only reason that I can serve God. Jesus Christ in us. That's the only reason I can keep going when it's hard. Jesus Christ in us. That's the only reason I can love people as God would have me to love them. I, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ has come alongside us. He is God's messenger to help us in life. And I'm so grateful. There's no messenger like him. So... <clears throat> Trust in the sovereignty of God. Christ is for you. He who laid down his life, if, how much more will he not give us all things? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Jesus is for you. God is for you. And he has sent his messenger in the circumstances you're facing. Trust Jesus. Take your concerns and your burdens to him in prayer and ask for his help. <clears throat> Trusting in the sovereignty of God. What does God use? He uses his word. Secondly, his messenger. Thirdly, his warriors. I like this. Now, Joab is not necessarily a good guy, but God is using him. Look at verse 22. Just then, David's soldiers and Joab returned from a raid and brought a large amount of plundered goods with them. His warriors. Now, they were blessing David. How were they blessing David? They were bringing plunder. 
I don't know if David said, read my lips, there's no new taxes, and so they had to rely on the plunder. But uh, uh, whatever the case, this plunder was used to meet the physical needs of food and materials and so forth to, to foster the, the growth of the kingdom of God there uh, in Judah. God has given us spiritual weapons of warfare. And you and I are warriors. Spiritual warriors. Know you not that you are the temple of God? And not only are you the temple of God, but the Spirit of God lives in you. You have spiritual power to stand against the evil one. The Bible says you will have a struggle against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're in a spiritual battle. We were talking in Sunday school this morning about different things that have been happening in different people's lives and how there's been a spiritual struggle. I want you to know there's a battle that is going on in our lives. And uh, the enemy of our souls wants to destroy us, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Uh, God used warriors in David's life, but God uses warriors in our lives. And I think of the prayer warriors that God has used. Um, we've seen, we, we were talking about some answers to prayer this morning in Sunday school. I've, I'm just talking about Sunday school today. You need to come to Sunday school. I'll just say that. Anyway, <clears throat> there are answered prayers. And uh, time and time and time and time again, as God's people pray, God answers. It's amazing how God works like that. And I, I think about people who prayed for me. Some of you come up to me and say, you know, I pray for you uh, every day. That means the world to me because I need it. Guess what? You need it too. <laughs> we all need it. And God uses the spiritual warfare that we engage in in prayer, led by the Spirit of God. Ephesians 6 says, <clears throat> At the end of the description of the armor, it says, praying always in the Spirit. So, we pray guided by the Holy Spirit. And so, one day, God lays you on my heart, and I pray for you. Another day, uh, God lays me on your heart, and you pray for me. But we are led by the Spirit of God, and we war together as a unit. And, uh, and we're stronger together than we are apart. Do you believe that? Um, I think there will be times where God will lay upon your heart somebody that is in need and you, you need to listen to that and be a warrior on their behalf. You also need to be a warrior on the behalf of your family. Pray for your family every day. Do that. I'm not a legalist, but I know everybody in here uh, wants good things to happen in your family. Amen? Amen? Well, if you want that, Pray for the protection. You know, the Bible says God um, listened to the prayer of Job and pray, he would pray a hedge of protection around his family every day, every day, every day. <clears throat> Do that. Uh, we had some uh, car accidents a while back, <laughs> quite a few. <clears throat> and uh, we started praying, God, protect the kids, protect Sherry and me, and protect the cars. People say, well, cars? What are you praying cars for? Well, hey, I, I want protection. Give me the protection. But pray for your family. If one of your kids is struggling, if your spouse is struggling, 
Take them to the throne of God. Intercede on their behalf. Be a warrior. And as you are, you will be a great help to your family. Uh, Be a warrior over the lost souls of men. Um, General Booth of the Salvation Army, who he founded the Salvation Army, he had trained some pastors and he had sent them out to start churches. And they said, General Booth, they sent him a telegram. General Booth, we, we've been doing all the things you taught us to do. Nothing's working. Nobody's, God's, God's not uh, working. Nobody's being saved. And he sent back a two-word res- response. Try tears. And uh, they asked God to give them a burden for lost souls. And they began to pray for lost souls with a burden. And the tears were there. And God just broke loose in that place. Be a warrior in prayer over lost souls. Uh, Listen, sometimes it's a long time coming. Sometimes battles are not quickly won. Um... And my next door neighbor in Texas was a was an eighty some year old man. He had eleven children. Or he had twelve children. Eleven of the twelve were saved, and they had been praying for him and trying to reach him for years. And it wasn't until he was in his eighties that he gave his heart to Christ. Don't give up. Be a warrior for your family. God used these warriors in David's life to bring about his purpose. God will use you as you're a warrior for others, and God will use others in your life as they war for you. Trusting in the sovereignty of God. What does God use? He uses his word, his messenger, his warriors, and finally his character. So how does God use his character? He puts his character in us. You see, David had no control over the circumstances of his life, and neither do you and I. Sometimes we think we have control, right? We get dismayed when we think we're losing control, but we really never had it to begin with. The only one who's got things under control is God. And so God, as he changes us as his children and puts his character in us, we're blessed by it. I I talked about the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Uh, You'll be blessed by your diligence if you're diligent at work. Um, you'll be blessed if you are kind to other people. They will love you and appreciate you. Um, Roger Tackett. I've t- I was talking to Margaret about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, he was well known at Get and Go. Everybody loved him at Get and Go. And I remember I'd gone in there one night and I got me a Snickers bar, which is another story. But... <clears throat> Uh, anyway, I was standing there at the counter, and everybody starts saying, hey, Roger, hey, Roger, hey, Roger. And I thought, boy, I didn't know I was so popular. I'm looking around, and nobody's looking at me, and I turn around, and there's Roger Tackett. You see, I believe he was kind. I, I knew him. He was always kind to me. He was kind to those people. And guess what? His character made an impact on those people, and they loved him for it. I'm going to tell you something. God puts his character in you, it's going to have an impact. And David's character had been changed by God. And so when, when this crazy thing happens, and the, Abner has already spoken to these elders and everything, and, and David's thinking, okay, I'm going to put him probably in my army in some way. 
and uh, rely on his wisdom and so forth. And then Abner dies. Joab kills him, murders him. This is awful. How will I respond? And David uh, begins to mourn over Abner. And he refused. Verse 35 says he refused to eat food until the sun set. All the people took notice of this. Look at verse 36. And it pleased them. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. You know what the scripture says? If a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. God was blessing David. His favor was upon David's life. And as he lived out the character, which was just coming naturally to him, uh, he loved Abner. And so he mourned Abner. But as he did, the people saw his heart of love. And what was intended to damage him by the enemy ended up being an asset to him as the people saw his heart. God used his character in David's life. And God will use his character in your life. I love, um, I love what 2 Corinthians says. We all, with, with unveiled faces, are reflecting his glory uh, from, from faith into faith and from glory unto glory. Uh, the scripture says that as we grow in Christ, we reflect his glory. Did you know Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, but that image was marred by sin. But Jesus came to restore the image. And at the cross, not only did Jesus take care of, of sin's penalty, but he also took care of sin's power. So that God's people could live in the power of his Holy Spirit and live out the life of God in their lives. And God could use it to bring about his purpose. Not only in our individual lives. The gospel is bigger than that. The kingdom of God is bigger than that. But to work out his purposes generally for the kingdom. Uh, God is sovereign. And God uses the most unlikely people in the most unlikely ways sometimes to achieve his purposes. The point is you can trust in the sovereignty of God. Keep serving God. Keep trusting God. Keep doing what you know you ought to do. Trust that God will come alongside you to fulfill his purposes for your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we just ask that we would trust in, in your sovereignty. I thank you that you're in control, God, and that uh, even the winds and the waves have to obey your voice. Uh, Father, the galaxies spin it at your command. Lord, you are in charge. And, and, and Lord, I pray that we would trust you in that and that we would uh, see and notice the ways that you are using things in our lives to accomplish your purposes for our lives. And uh, help us to remember that you take all things and work them together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to your purpose. And Father, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Christ, I pray.